for it. Psalm 108 is where we are. Psalm 108. Let's sing a song together. I know we've been singing a lot this morning, but let's do it anyway. Uh, you'll know the song, at least the chorus. All we're going to do is sing the chorus of uh, Like a River Glorious. The chorus says, Stayed up on Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised perfect peace and rest. We'll sing it through once, then sing it through a second time so that you make sure you know it. I don't know if I can lead it or not. We'll try it. Here we go. Stayed up on Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised perfect peace and rest. Was that too low? Is that okay? All right, now let's try it again. This time we'll uh, hold that a little bit. All right, here we go. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised, perfect peace and Psalm 108 starts out this way. Psalm of David, O God, my heart is fixed, stayed, rested, focused on Jehovah. Father, we ask that you would, this morning, turn our hearts, our thoughts, our minds for a few moments to you. God, may we focus this morning on you and your word and your truth, and may we be drawn to you through it. And Father, we will thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I've come to the conclusion, and I've said this to you several times over, because it's like this is this constant drumbeat of our society. Uh, when people do things and you're like, hello, uh, have you ever had this conversation with one of your kids? Hello, I- I'm over here. And, and your kids say something like this, I'm multitasking. And uh, I'm like, I, like, that's a big deal. And I have come to the conclusion that everybody multitasks. Uh, it, you know, used to, years ago, like, you know, 20 years ago when it was kind of first entering into our society, it was a big deal. Everybody's like, oh, I can multitask, I can multitask, you know, meaning they can do three or four or five things at once. Well, that is everybody on the planet, unless, like, you're my mother-in-law who has never driven a day in her life. But the rest of us, if you get behind the wheel of a car, you're multitasking immediately, right? You're watching your rear view mirror, your side mirrors, you're watching what's in front of you. At least we hope you're doing these things. You know, you're using your windshield wipers, turn signals, uh, perhaps listening to the radio and carrying on a conversation with a person who's in the back seat. And you have all kinds of things going on. You're multitasking. Everybody multitasks. But we have lost in our society in this perpetual desire to be multitaskers. We have lost the ability to focus. We can't do it. In fact, I can prove that to you in education. Now you have to go back about 30 or 40 years but, uh, you know, you go back before 30 years ago, there was no such thing as ADHD. It didn't exist, right? Because your, your mom was the cure for ADHD. <laughs> and if your mom didn't do it, your dad did, right? Or your grandmother or somebody else just smack you upside the head. Pay attention! You know, it, it was a, a quick fix for ADHD. And I'm not arguing. I, I know there's a lot of physical things out there that we could argue about. I'm just simply saying it didn't exist 30 years ago. It didn't. We have become a society that's really good at multitasking. We just don't know how to focus. We can't stay focused on one thing for more than just a few seconds, literally. Uh, This has been true for years now, for 20, 30 years, in advertising, like on television. How often does the image change in in the average commercial? 
less than every three seconds. You know why? Because you lose people's attention if you don't change the image. Every three seconds. Three seconds. Hello? Three seconds. When's the last time you heard a jingle? Some of you are thinking, are you talking about Christmas? (laughs) No, I'm talking about advertising jingles, right? 25, 30, 40 years ago, it was a jingle. You know why? Because people would remember the whole jingle. I mean, you can sing them. Most of us who are my age or older, we can sing jingles for you, right? Uh, Let's give you an example. Um, Hot dogs, armor hot dogs, what kind? Yeah, you can sing the whole thing, right? It's like... It sticks in your brain. We used to actually watch commercials. Now, if we don't change the image every three seconds, there's no such thing as a jingle because nobody could remember it. They've already lost, you know, they've already lost all ability to remember it. There's something missing in our society that we cannot be fixed, that we cannot be focused. And I want to show you in Psalm 108 what comes with letting God fix our hearts and our minds on him. And it will not come any other way. You're not going to get this by changing the image every three seconds. It's not going to happen. If we want the blessings of Psalm 108, it starts with this concept of learning how to focus on something. And, and it's going to be tough. You know, because some of you still haven't set your phone down. <clears throat> Because the ability to focus on one thing at a time has already eluded you. And you're never going to know the blessings of Psalm 108 as long as you're splitting your time between everything else. So let's take a look at Psalm 108. Let's see what God would like for us to do. My heart is, oh, oh God, my heart is fixed. Look at the first thing that happens when somebody gets their heart and mind fixed on the Lord. I will... Sing and I will give praise. Hello. You know what you're not doing when you're singing and giving praise? Whining, griping, complaining. Hello. Have you ever wondered? I don't think it's an accident that multitasking and whining and griping and complaining are both on the increase. I don't think that's an accident. Because the way you get rid of whining, grabbing, and complaining is the ability to focus on the things of God. If we, for just a few moments, could let our hearts be stayed upon Jehovah, we might find ourselves singing and giving praise to our God in ways that we haven't done for years. Maybe for some of you in ways you've never done. I mean, if you've grown up in this, you've grown up with the struggle of learning how to Focus, because multitasking is just your way of life. There's no such thing as quiet. Remember the, the verse that, uh, it's an amazing verse. Uh, I can't remember where it's at, but somebody will tell me as soon as I say it. It says this, be still and know that I am God. Where is it at? There you go. So here it is. The point is this. If you don't be still, you can never get to the knowing that he is God. This is what the Bible is teaching us. So my heart is fixed. And because my heart is fixed, I will sing. And I will give praise unto the Lord, even with my glory, with everything that I've got. All of my being is going to go into this giving praise. And then look what happens in verse 2. Parents, pay attention. This is good. 
You want your kids to wake up? You want your kids to be alert and pay attention? Well, it starts with being fixed on God. And as I am fixed on God and I find myself singing and giving praise to God, the next thing that happens is I wake up. Awake, psaltery, and harp. I myself will awake early. It's time to wake up. This is a spiritual awakening. This is, wow, God wants to do something in my heart and life. Do you know that you're not here today? Well, maybe you are. Maybe you're just here today so you can check off the list. I went to church and you're done. But if that's it, you're missing it. You're missing out on what it's all about. We're here to take a moment to focus on God. And what that does is it stirs us inwardly. There's a spiritual awakening that begins to happen. God becomes real. God becomes alive and vibrant. And someone we can sing about. And someone we can praise. And someone we can play on an instrument for. And I'm going to wake up early. Because I'm paying attention to the things of God. Look at verse 3. I will praise thee, O Lord. What's the next three words? Hear me out. Do you know why our testimony is weak? Do you know why at school or at work people don't really know that we're Christians? Because we've never yet learned to fix our hearts on the Lord. But when I start with fixing my heart on the Lord, then the next thing that happens, I'm singing and praising God. And the next thing that happens, I start to, pay, to wake up spiritually. And the next thing that happens is that among the people, my testimony begins to be apparent and obvious. If your testimony is weak, it's probably because we're finding it difficult to ever focus on the things of God starts out with fixing our hearts on the Lord. It says, I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. And I will sing praises unto thee among all the nations. Verse 4. For thy mercy is great above heavens, and thy truth reacheth unto the clouds. As I begin to focus on God and I'm praising him now and my testimony has some power to it and there's a spiritual stirring in my being and I'm waking up, one of the things that begins to happen is I begin to see God for who he is. I see God's mercy and I see how much I desperately need God's mercy. I see God's grace and I see myself for what I... Remember Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6? Remember, he, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And then the next thing you see, he says, Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. So he sees the Lord, and when we see the Lord for who he is, and that begins to sink in, and we begin to wake up spiritually, all of a sudden we begin to see ourselves, what we really are. And we recognize that we're not as special as we thought we were 15 minutes ago. We recognize that the world does not revolve around us. That we're not the most important person in the room. What we recognize is that we are a people in need of God's mercy and in need of God's grace. I'm seeing him. I'm focused on him. I'm now praising him. I'm spiritually being stirred and I'm, I'm waking up to what God wants to do. And I recognize that I can't do this without him. I need his mercy. And I need his grace. Verse 5. 
Now something begins to happen. Every dad in here wants this to happen in our homes. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Now listen, here's the idea. You might say, well, Pastor, I, we already exalt God. Well, what God is saying in this verse is, if we start in verse 1, wherever he is in our lives, whether we have God here or here or here, he will go higher still as we focus on him. Do you see how that works? As I focus on the Lord, while I've maybe been exalting him to this point in my life, now as a result I'm going to exalt him to this point in my life, and tomorrow when I get up and I fix my heart and mind on him, I will exalt him yet more in my life. Is it possible to exalt God too much? Are you ever going to get God higher than he deserves? No. There's always room for God to be exalted from where we have him. And this is what begins to happen for, the, for David here as he's writing. He says, Be thou exalted above the heavens and thy glory above all the earth. Now verses 6, 7, 8, and 9 kind of go, go together. And this is a history of Israel. And if you know the history, you see this really quickly. But what David is going to describe, and we'll read the verses in just a moment, is David is going to describe how that God gives victory to the children of Israel. So let's take a look at the verses and see what it says. That thy beloved, that's us, right? We are God's beloved. We are the ones that God loves. In the Old Testament, it was the Jewish people, I'm aware. But in the New Testament, that's us. We are the beloved. And look what it says. That thy beloved may be delivered. Save with thy right hand and answer me. God hath spoken in his holiness and I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem. I will meet out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim also in the strength of mine head, Judah is my lawgiver, Moab is my washpot, over Edom will I cast out my shoe, over Philistia will I triumph. So whether it's God's gifts, Judah is mine, Manasseh is mine, Gilead is mine, or whether it's the enemies that we struggle with, I'll have enemy over, or victory over Moab, I'm going to have victory over uh, Edom, I'll have victory over Philistia, as I think in the New Testament, I think the world, the flesh, the devil being our enemies, and all of the blessings that God has promised us, all the promises that he's made to us, as I stay fixed, focused on him, and it turns into praise and singing, And it turns into a spiritual awakening that finds itself in a strengthening of my testimony. I begin to enjoy God's blessing. And I begin to find victory over my enemy. Are you ready for a spiritual walk that is more than just muddling through from one Sunday to the next? Coming back and dealing with the same things over and over again? Are you ready to enjoy God's blessing in your spiritual life and find victory over the things that you're struggling with day in and day out? It starts with setting your phone down, turning off your computer, turning off the television, and focusing on the God of heaven. It's not easy. It's not. In this world in which we live, it's almost impossible to not multitask. From the moment we wake up, we're doing that. And it's become so ingrained in our psyche that we're finding it difficult to focus. 
and we're missing out on what God has for us. Look at verse 10. Who will bring me into the strong city? And who will lead me into Edom? Wilt not thou, O God, who has cast off, cast us off, wilt not, not thou, O God, go forth with our hosts? Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Do you know what this last step is that happens when we start out being fixed? We begin to realize, like the Apostle Paul, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? We begin to realize that if, if victory is counting on us, we're in trouble. Who shall deliver us? Wilt not thou, O God? And it turns us from a, a fierce independence from God of saying, I can do this on my own. I don't need help. To saying, I cannot do this without you. And I am going to rely on you for every victory that I might find. Are you ready for that kind of a Christian walk? Are you ready for a walk that sings and a walk that praises and rejoices? Are you ready for a walk that is stirring and spiritually uplifting? Are you ready for a walk that impacts the people around you? Are you ready for a walk that finds God's blessing and finds victory? Are you ready for a walk that depends on God and not on us? Southeast Baptist Tabernacle cannot bring you to victory. We can't. Southeast Baptist Tabernacle is a group of people who must learn to rely upon God and God alone. And it starts by being fixed upon Jehovah.